Chapter Three of Betty Wales Freshman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Betty Wales Freshman by Margaret Ward. Chapter Three, Dancing Lessons and a Class Meeting. The next morning, Helen had gone for a walk with Catherine, and Betty was dressing for church when Eleanor Watson knocked at the door. She looked prettier than ever in her long silk kimono with its ruffles of soft lace and the great knot of pink ribbon at her throat. "'So you're going to church, too?' she said, dropping down among Betty's pillows. "'I was hoping you'd stay and talk to me. Did you enjoy your frolic?' "'Yes, didn't you?' inquired Betty. "'I didn't go,' returned Eleanor shortly. "'Oh, why not?' asked Betty so seriously that Eleanor laughed. "'Because the girl who asked me first was ill.' and I wouldn't tag along with the little brooks and the riches and your fascinating roommate. Now don't say why not again, or I may hurt your feelings. Do you really like Miss Brooks? Betty hesitated. As a matter of fact, she liked Mary Brooks very much, but she also admired Eleanor Watson and coveted her approval. I like her well enough, she said slowly, and disappeared into the closet to get something she did not want and change the subject. Eleanor laughed. You're so polite, she said. I wish I were. That is, I wish I could make people think I was, without my taking the trouble. Don't go to church. Helen and Catherine are coming back for me. You'd better go with us, urged Betty. Now that Kankakee person, began Eleanor. The door opened suddenly, and Catherine and Helen came in. Catherine, who had heard Eleanor's last remark, flushed but said nothing. Eleanor rose deliberately, smoothed the pillows she had been lying on, and walked slowly off, remarking over her shoulder, "'In common politeness, knock before you come in.' "'Or you may hear what I think of you,' added Catherine wickedly, as Eleanor shut the door. Helen looked perplexed. "'Should I, Betty?' she asked. "'When it's my own room?' "'It's nicer,' said Betty. "'Nan and I do. How do you like our room, Catherine?' "'It's a beaut,' said Catherine, taking the hint promptly. I don't see how you ever fixed your desks and couches and left so much space in the middle. Our room is like the aisle in a Chicago theater. That Japanese screen is a peach, and the watercolor over your desk is another. Did you buy back the chafing dish? Betty laughed. She had amused the house by getting up before breakfast on the day after Nan left, in her haste to buy a chafing dish. In the afternoon, Rachel had suggested that a tea kettle was really more essential to a college establishment, and they had gone down together to change it. But then had come Miss King's invitation to eat ploughed field, after the frolic, and the chafing dish appearing once more the be-all end-all of existence, had finally replaced the tea-kettle. "'But we're going to have both,' ventured Helen shyly. "'Oh, yes,' broke in Betty. "'Isn't it fine of Helen to get it and make our tea-table so complete?' As a matter of fact, Betty much preferred that the tea-table should be all her own, but Helen was so delighted with the idea of having a part in it and so sure that she wanted a tea-kettle more than pillows for her couch, that Betty resolved not to mind the bare-looking bed, which marred the cosy effect of the room, and above all never to let Helen guess how she felt about the tea-table. "'But next year you better believe I'm hoping for a single room,' she confided to the little green lizard who sat on her inkstand and ogled her while she worked. When church was over, Catherine proposed a stroll around the campus before dinner. "'I haven't found my bearings at all yet,' she said. Now which building is which? Betty pointed out the Hilton house proudly. That's all I know, she said, except these up here in front, of course. 
the main building and chapel and science and music halls we know the gymnasium suggested helen and the belden house where we bought our screen is one of the four in that row they found the belden house and picked out the westcott by its nameplate which being new and shiny was easy to read from a distance then helen made a discovery girls there's water down there she cried sure enough behind the back fence and across a road was a pretty pond with wooded banks and an island which hid its further side from view that must be the place they call paradise said betty i've heard nan speak of it i thought it was this and she pointed to a slimy pool about four yards across below them on the back campus that's the only pond i'd noticed oh no declared katherine i've heard my scientific roommates speak of that it's called the frog pond and of more anon as my already beloved latin teacher occasionally remarks to speak plainly she has promised to let me help her catch her first frog they walked home through the apple orchard that occupied one corner of the back campus it's not a very big campus and i'm not a bit dignified or imposing but i like it said betty as they came out to the main drive again and started toward the gateway nice and cosy to live with every day added katherine helen was too busy comparing the red brick homely reality with the shaded marble cloisters of her dreams to say what she thought betty's dancing class was a great success with characteristic energy she organized it monday morning it appeared that while all the chapin house girls could dance except helen and adelaide rich none of them could lead but eleanor and miss king's friends said we freshmen ought to learn before the sophomore reception particularly the tall ones and most of us are tall explained betty that's right interposed eleanor but take my advice and don't learn it if you can't lead the other girl always will and the men say it ruins a girl's dancing who cares demanded katherine boldly imagine betty or miss brooks trying to see over me and pull me around i want to learn for one man or no man so do i said rachel and mary rich together and i drawled roberta languidly oh well if you're all set upon it i'll play for you said eleanor graciously she was secretly ashamed of the speech that katherine had overheard the day before and bitterly regretted having antagonized the girls in the house when she had meant only to keep them all but betty at a respectful distance she liked most of them personally but she wished her friends to be of another type girls from large schools like her own who would have influence and a following from the first girls with the qualities of leadership who could control votes in class meetings and push their little set to first place in all the organized activities of the college eleanor had said that she came to college for fun but fun to her meant power and prominence she was a born politician with a keen love of manoeuvring and considerable tact and insight when she chose to exercise it but inexperience and the ease with which she had run boarding-school affairs had made her overconfident she saw now that she had indulged her fondness for sarcasm too far and was ready to do a good deal to win back the admiration which she was sure the chapin house girls had felt for her at first she was particularly anxious to do this as the freshman class meeting was only a week off and she wanted the votes of the house for the hill school candidate for class president so three evenings that week in spite of her distaste for minor parts and bad pianos she meekly drummed out waltzes and two-steps on mrs chapin's rickety instrument for a long half-hour after dinner while betty and roberta 
who danced beautifully and showed an unexpected aptitude in imparting her accomplishment, acted as headmasters, and the rest of the girls furnished the novices with the necessary variety of partners, practiced leading, and incidentally got better acquainted. On Friday evening, as they sat in the parlor resting and discussing the progress of their pupils and the appalling length of the Livy lesson for the next day, Eleanor broached the subject of the class meeting. "'You know it's tomorrow at two, she said. "'Aren't you excited?' "'It will be fun to see our class together,' said Rachel. Nobody else seemed to take much interest in the subject. "'Well, of course,' pursued Eleanor. "'I am particularly anxious about it, because a dear friend of mine is going to be proposed for class president, Jean Eastman. You know her, Betty.' "'Oh, yes,' cried Betty enthusiastically. "'She's that tall, dark girl who was with you yesterday at Coiler's. She seemed lovely.' Eleanor nodded and got up from the piano stool. "'I must go to work,' she said, smiling cordially round the little group. "'Tell them what a good president Jean will make, Betty, and don't one of you forget to come.' "'She can be very nice when she wants to,' said Catherine bluntly, when Eleanor was well out of hearing. "'I think she's trying to make up for Sunday,' said Betty. "'Let's all vote for her friend.' The first class meeting of 190-blank passed off with unwanted smoothness. The class before had forgotten that it is considered necessary for a corporate body to have a constitution, and the class before had made itself famous by suggesting the addition of the Woman's Home Monthly to the magazines in the college reading room. Nineteen o blank avoided these and other absurdities. A constitution mysteriously appeared, drawn up in good and regular form, and was read and promptly adopted. Then Eleanor Watson nominated Jean Eastman for president. After she and the other nominees had stood in a blushing row on the platform to be inspected by their class, the voting began. Miss Eastman was declared elected on the first ballot, with exactly four votes more than the number necessary for a choice. "'I hope she'll remember that we did that,' Catherine Kittredge leaned forward to say to Betty, who sat in the row ahead of her with the fluffy-haired freshman from the Hilton and her queer roommate. That night there was a supper in Jean's honor at Holmes's, so Eleanor did not appear at Mrs. Chapin's dinner-table to be duly impressed with a sense of her obligations. "'How did you like the class meeting?' inquired Rachel, who had been for a long walk with a girl from her home town, and so had not seen the others. "'I thought it was all right myself,' said Adelaide Rich, "'but I walked home with a girl named Alfred who was dreadfully disgusted.' She said it was all cut and dried, and wanted to know who asked Eleanor Watson to write us a constitution. She said she hoped that, hereafter, we wouldn't sit around tamely and be run by any clique. "'Well, somebody must run us,' said Betty consolingly. "'Those girls know one another, and the rest of us don't know anyone well. I think it will all work around in time. They will have their turns first, that's all.' "'Perhaps,' admitted Adelaide doubtfully, her pessimistic acquaintance had obtained a strong hold on her. "'And the next thing is the sophomore reception,' said Rachel. "'And Mountain Day right after that,' added Betty. "'What?' asked Helen and Roberta together. "'Is it possible that you don't know about Mountain Day, children?' asked Mary Brooke soberly. "'Well, you've heard about the physical tests for the Army and Navy, haven't you? "'This is like those. "'If you pass your entrance examinations, you are allowed a few weeks to recuperate. "'And then if you can climb the required mountain—' you can stay on in college how very interesting drawled roberta who had some idea now how to take mary's jibes now betty please tell us about it 
Betty explained that the day after the sophomore reception was a holiday, and that most of the girls seized the opportunity to take an all-day walk or drive into the country around Harding. "'Let's all ask our junior and senior friends about the nicest places to go,' said Rachel, emphasizing junior and senior, and looking at Mary. "'Then we can make our plans and engage a carriage if we want one. I should think there might be quite a rush.' "'You should, should you?' jeered Mary. "'My dear, every horse that can stand alone and every respectable vehicle was engaged weeks ago.' "'No one has engaged our lower appendages,' returned Catherine. "'So if worst comes to worst, we are quite independent of liveries. "'Which of us are you going to take to the sophomore reception?' "'Roberta, of course,' said Mary. "'Didn't you know that Roberta and I have a crush on each other?' A crush, my dears, in case you are wanting to know, is a warm and adoring friendship. Sorry, but I'm going out this evening. Has she really asked you, Roberta? asked Betty. Yes, said Roberta. How nice! I'm going with a sophomore whose sister is a friend of Nan's. And Hester Gulick is going to take me. She's my friend from home, volunteered Rachel. I was asked today, added Helen. After the class meeting, an awfully nice girl, a junior, came up here. She said there were so many of us that some of the juniors were going to help take us. Isn't it nice of them? Nobody spoke for a moment. Then Catherine went on gaily. And we other three have not yet been called and chosen, but I happen to know that it's because so many people want us. And nobody will give up. So don't the rest of you indulge in any crowing. By the way, Betty, said Rachel Morrison, "'Will you take some more dancing pupils? "'I was telling two girls who bore down the street about our class, "'and they said they wanted to learn before the reception "'and would much rather come here than go to that big class "'that two seniors have in the gym. "'But as they don't know you, they would insist on paying, "'just as they would at the other class.' "'Betty looked doubtfully at Roberta. "'Shall we?' she said. "'I don't mind,' answered Roberta. "'If only you'll promise not to tell my father. "'He wouldn't understand.' Do you suppose Miss Watson would play? If not, I will, said Mary Rich. And we could use the money for a house spread, added Betty, since we all helped to earn it. And christen the chafing dish, put in Catherine. Good. Then I'll tell them Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays, said Rachel. And the dinner table dissolved. End of chapter 3